Welcome to the latest Books and Culture podcast with Books and Culture's editor John Wilson, and I'm Stan Guthrie. This week, John will be looking at a new offering from Lars Walker. Tell us about it. Yes, Dan. This is a story about a particular book and writer, but it's also about reading and how we discover the books that we read and what's out there. I follow a fellow named Tracy Stephen Altman, who's from Georgia on Twitter. Just a week or so ago, he mentioned reading Lars Walker and how much he enjoyed him. And I remembered when I read that, that someone else, a fellow named Philip Wade from Brandywine Books, had mentioned Walker. And I've never read him. I've never known anything about him at all. And so I went to Amazon and saw that he had a novel that had come out this spring called Hailstone Mountain. And so I thought I'll give it a try. And I read it on my Kindle. You just couldn't wait the two days for them to deliver it to you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it was published a few months ago. I wasn't sure that we would really review it. Yeah. It turned out to be an absolutely wonderful book. And it's the third book in a series. And I'm going to go back and read the other two. And it's set, this particular book, very early in the 11th century in Norway. After I read the book, I went to his website, and you can get a sense of the man from his website. Right at the beginning, where it gives his name, he says that Lars rhymes with farce, not with cars. (laughs) (laughs) And he has a great sense of humor. He also turns out to be, which I didn't know, but a deeply Christian writer. And he has a wonderful way of storytelling that reminds me of a couple of essays by one of my favorite novelists, Michael Chabon. There's a book of essays of his called Maps and Legends, and he writes about the kind of books that he loved when he was a kid, Sherlock Holmes and Mm. all kinds of fiction that by the time he got to grad school, everyone was telling that stuff isn't any good. That's not the kind of thing that we read, and that's not the kind of thing that we write. And He talks about his discovery early in his career as a novelist that he really wanted to write books that had some of those qualities of the fiction Mm -hmm. that he enjoyed and the comic books and so on that he enjoyed when he was growing up. And he's done that in his own work since then. So part of what interests me, apart just from the sheer pleasure of the book, is the kind of storytelling it represents, but also the fact that you know people are constantly generalizing about what's going on in contemporary literature, what's happening with the state of the novel, and people are running up lists of, you know, these are the writers who matter, and this is what's happening, this is the fate of the novel, and so often I think that those generalizations, those descriptions, whether they're in celebration In other words, oh, these writers are so great. Or whether they're hand-wringing, like, oh, if you compare the writers now to the great writers in the 50s or the great writers in the 20s or, you know, whatever. There's no one to measure up to them. They're all just inferior. No one's going to read them in 100 years. Whatever it is, it just doesn't fit at all with my own experience. You know, my own experience, and I've told you this before, is that Yeah, there are tons of lousy books, horrible books, you know, horrible in various ways. I mean, some of them are just horrible and they're only semi-competent. 
But there are others that are competent, but they're in some way or another, let's say, not conducive to human flourishing. Okay. (laughs) And then there's some books that may be really great books that I just don't like. Just like you might like strawberry ice cream uh, and somebody else might like chocolate ice cream and somebody else might like both. But I just read the Odyssey, John. I started reading it aloud to Christine. And for some reason, she just could not get into it. So I just had to do it on my own. And I loved it. And I said, do you want to read it now that I'm done? Oh, I'll get to it eventually. She's yeah, not interested. And that's fine. I was thinking, here's this guy. I've never seen a review of his books. The closest I've seen to that was the fellow I mentioned several years ago. Philip Wade wrote something on a blog that kind of lodged in my mind, but I didn't immediately follow up on it. As I was reading the book, not only was I enjoying it myself, but I was enjoying it because I know that Wendy is going to love it. I wanted to read passages to her, but she wasn't awake, so you know, I, <laughs> I didn't want to wake her up. And, and there, you know, there are books that I really like that she doesn't like. And there are books that she likes that I don't like. But there are a lot of books that we both like. And there's a particular joy in finding something that someone you're close to will also like. Now, a funny thing that's happened since I've read this book, I've emailed a few people. And just in the course of our email conversation, I've mentioned I'm reading this book. And most of the people who've responded, their response has been that it doesn't really sound like their cup of tea. And that's perfectly okay. That just fits with... Your point about the Odyssey and what we were talking about, about all that's out there. I highly recommend this book to readers who have a taste for a certain kind of storytelling, a certain kind of humor. The narrator is an Irish priest who has ended up in Norway, and he's an absolutely wonderful character, very down-to-earth, but also grounded in his faith. And, of course, this is a time when Christianity has only recently come to Scandinavia, Uh And in some cases, it's been imposed in a very wrong way. You know, people basically told you're going to be a Christian or, or you're going to die. Yeah. You know, there's a good deal of magic in the story. You know, I love science fiction. And I have a lot of good friends who they simply can't read science fiction. They're allergic to it. Yeah. There would be people who would feel the same about this. I mean, there's trolls in this book, okay? Well, as soon as they hear there's trolls, sorry, you know, John, I mean, you know, I <laughs> trolls, I'm just not interested. <laughs> but if you're not like that, I would tell you, this is one of the books that I've most enjoyed reading so far this year. That's great. It sounds like one Christine will actually love. Let me know what she thinks of it. I don't feel bad. You know how I like to read things in order. I'm even almost maybe a little fanatical about that. But this isn't the kind of series that you suffer badly from reading the third one first. I'm going to go back and read the first two now, and then I'll probably reread the third one. 